Welcome to No Apology with the Bible Idiots. Remember, when you tell your friends about this podcast, tell them to search Bible Idiots wherever they get podcast content, and we'd love to have you all along for the ride. I'm Chris Danielson, along with my best friend and bride, Emily, and Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we do what we call the Chris and Emily Show version, where we laugh louder, dig deeper, and live larger. It's been our <laughs> positioning statement for over 15 years. Emily says it feels like 20, but here we are. Well, you, you, missed, you missed the rhythm there you know yeah. how like when you say a telephone number you have to say the rhythm yeah you know da 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 da, da. you missed the rhythm what I say? of monday tuesday thursday friday yeah you said monday tuesday thursday friday wait what what day monday tuesday what do you do on thursday wednesday? friday I, yeah. he missed wednesday yeah wednesdays are long form teaching it's either one of my sermons or a message from a friend a bible idiot cohort Cohort in crime, <laughs> partner in crime, whatever they. What, what's the? I don't even know. Anyway, it could be me or a fellow Bible idiot on a Wednesday as we grow this podcast. But Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. No, so close oh, and so wrong. Let me try it again. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. No, you need a longer two, a longer pause okay. between Tuesday and Thursday. And okay, then... Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Correct. Yes. Very good. Okay. It's the Chris and Emily Show. Now, hey, Emily said that today she's got a kind of a long content. So I said, look, let's break it up into two segments because we want to keep these Monday, Tuesday, bump, bump, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we want to keep them around 10 minutes. We have talked to people on their commutes and they love to have you know, one or two Chris and Emily shows. And then on Wednesdays, they can do the long form pr- program. So the goal has always been to be around 10 minutes. And yeah. You say, Chris, I, I listen, and you guys sometimes go 18, 19 minutes. I know. That's when we get windy. <laughs> We're really bad at our own rules. <laughs> when you're volunteers and you don't have a clock or a general manager to answer to, you do, That's true. You do other stuff. When we had a radio supervisor and boss man looking at us through the glass we hit our mark remember when 10 but... seconds was an eternity back then when we had the clocks it could be anyway yeah. back to what we're talking about so she said two segments on this this is a yeah. topic that's very important to her so today is part one and I don't even know what we're, we're naming this. I know we're going to talk about transgenderism and the yes. impact it's having on the Christian community and on the world at large. And it's going to be two parts, and today is part one. Correct. It's a big issue. And right now, legislators have picked up this issue, which is scary because legislators have no business making laws regarding health care or the well-being of people uh, when it comes to their health. And so, But transgenderism is becoming actually the law of the land, that this is normal, that we have to embrace this. Uh, the president has talked about it, and now we're seeing governors Has it become the law of the land, or is it becoming the law of the land? Becoming They're, in yeah, certain spots. Yeah, it is spots. not the law of the land right, right now. We're being browbeaten and, and branded into submission, but it's not quite there yet. A representative was asking someone who I believe Biden was wanting to appoint about uh, female 
students having to compete directly against biologically born males and um, asking, do you really think this is fair? Do you think this is right? Do you think this is good? And he would not answer the question. He just kept repeating a mantra saying, I believe all people, all students, including transgender, have the right to participate. And and that's all he would say over and over and over mm-hmm. again. There was no honest dialogue. It was just a no. mantra. But nevertheless, here we are. Yeah. And female students in high school are getting very seriously injured. They're losing their career in sports. They are losing out on scholarships. Um, and a lot of girls aren't even being allowed to compete because their parents very wisely are saying, no, we're not going to let you play rugby with guys on the field that are almost twice your size. Right. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. And so it's really kind of... A, I, this. And is then a, when these guys hurt these girls on the field, they're celebrated for their bravery. <laughs> yeah, and it literally exactly. turns my stomach. Anywho, it back does. to what you're so saying. I really wanted to have a couple podcasts because it's such a big issue to speak into this whole idea of transgenderism because we need to, as Christians, be very vocal in this realm and I think part of the problem is okay here's this new thing transgenderism and nobody really knows exactly what it is or how to respond and we end up not being really able to really engage in the dialogue and really start convincing people of the truth because we have been branded we have been conditioned that we're bigots and racist if we have an opinion that goes against the social norm and the social norm now is LGBTQ and it is something where we need to have a biblical response that has the love of Christ, but also common sense. For example, when it comes to the female athletes, I think that if you have, let's just say, um, let's say basketball, there's, there's nine biologically born women on the court and one biologically born man who's identifying as a woman. Okay, why does he slash she, why is their rights trump the efforts of the other nine right if you really love women if you really want to see women treated fairly yeah you would say that this biological man who's identifying as a woman would they would not be able to trump right. everybody else's feelings exactly but when you want to have a fake righteousness when you want to have a i have a heart for all people then you will just make that person the their feelings trump everything else exactly. and it's just so sad and it's, it comes down to conditioning and branding well and you have to think things through i mean i've seen some really extraordinary stories of people who have competed in a in a in a realm where you would think those people don't stand a chance. For instance, there was the the woman who was blind who ran the Iditarod. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and we mm-hmm. just cheered her on, and we were so excited. There was a a school track team where one of the track runners was blind, and so another track team member said, "I want to run with this this teammate of mine," and they held a rope. And and so uh, the the blind student was helped and abled around the track and so on by this other athlete. That's amazing and that's wonderful because now this blind student who would normally be at a disadvantage can now compete. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to transgenderism, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who has a clear advantage 
over everyone else. And that's the difference. And that's why it's not fair because they're wanting to compete, but they're wanting to go into a realm where they have the advantage. And that's not fair. If you want to prove something and you really want to show uh, how excellent you can be, you're going to be one of those other people that say, hey, you know what? I'm at a clear disadvantage but I want to compete anyway and see what I can do. Right. And, and that's the amazing story. And that's the difference. So it's really important that we really just start with understanding what is transgenderism? What is it? What are we talking about here? Because uh, it's kind of a new thing. It's it's not really. <laughs> it's been around for a while. Yeah. But it was always labeled as a mental illness. Yeah. It's gender dysphoria we have or all, gender confusion right we have all kinds of dysphoria it's the same thing that afflicts like um uh someone who suffers from anorexia they look in the mirror and they see in their mind in their confused mind a fat person but we don't tell that person who suffers from anorexia well that's just normal you're just supposed to be ultra ultra skinny and it's okay and we're gonna help you get there that, that we don't do that but right. that is what we're doing now to these uh people who do suffer and that's a key word suffer from transgenderism or the more uh accurate description gender dysphoria it's like every other diagnosis if you have a diagnosis you are somehow suffering and we're negating that for anyone mm -hmm. who truly does suffer from gender dysphoria. Well, what we've done is we've created an environment where every gender is legitimate. Every dysphoria is now normal. And anyone who says anything about it, they're the ones that are the problem. They're the bigots. They're right. the racists. They're the ones who need to be purged from society. <laughs> and it goes back to Genesis chapter 1. I was just going to you read my mind i was gonna say chris we need that biblical perspective of the male yeah. and the female because god did it gender dysphoria and this whole gender movement is nothing more than a satanic attack on the word of god and on god's authority yeah. this is the biggest thumb in the eye of the creator genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them and that's it there's no there's not a list of 27 other no male and okay. female he created them <laughs> right he created them there male and female yeah and the the idea that I may want to do this or I may want to do that. Look, you're talking to somebody who has always, you know, I'm like that little dog that struts around thinking he's a big dog. Mm -hmm. You know, that was always my thing. I, if, for those of you who don't know, I'm not six foot tall, okay? But <laughs> I think I am. You have height dysphoria. Yeah, I would, I have, I would, I think that literally I should be given a spot on an NBA team because I have a great low post move, even though I'm only 5'8". You're chihuahua you know? amongst Doberman. <laughs> yeah, no, but the point is, is that I was unhappy with God for a long time that the yeah. way he made us. Yeah. And the old joke I used to say in my stand-up comedy is, you know, I, I have one son that's six foot, another one that's 5'11". You know, obviously this is not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thanks for smoking and doing the Jagger shots, Ma. I appreciate it during pregnancy. But the, but the reality is, is that as you accept God's sovereignty over your life, you accept the way that you he are. created you. Yes, you know, exactly. And, and for some guys and I'm just saying this, they had it just as bad as I had it with my height when I was younger as when they were losing their hair when they were younger. Yeah. And so they do anything to try to do hair replacement therapy. And that's not a, a, a like a dysphoria. 
now that's moral just a issue, that's yeah. not a moral issue. No. Nor nor is somebody you know putting a little uh, uh, like Prince. You know, I grew up in Minneapolis. Prince Roger Nelson was his name. You guys all know him as Prince. Um, he used to wear very very high heels. Prince was only like five two. He's okay, very short guy. Very yeah. short guy. Yeah. And so Prince wearing high heels. You know. Uncle Thad wearing a rug. I mean, all these things are people trying to change their trying appearance and un, un, you know unhappy with who they are. But it's not to the level of going through surgically enhanced. Yeah. I'm not having extensions not put dysphoria. on my shins through a surgery. You get what I'm saying? It's not a dysphoria. You recognize who you are. You are that short person. You are that bald person. Whatever. But but with the dysphoria, you don't see it. It's just like the anorexic. They actually see. A fat person in the mirror. Likewise, someone who truly suffers from uh, gender dysphoria, they really do see themselves as a different gender. And a little bit later in Genesis, when when the uh, serpent comes along, the devil, Satan, comes along and tries to deceive Eve, what he uses is the same line he's using today. Did God say, hath God really said, did God really mean that? You can be whatever gender you want to be. You can have 56 different genders. And people agree with this. And when you put biological males on a sports field, ice, court, whatever you want to call it, with female athletes where the females can get hurt physically, Mm -hmm. you are not righteous at all. You're not thinking of women. You are hurting women. Well, the sad part for me is that uh, some people have taken this diagnosable thing of gender dysphoria and they have used it uh, for an ulterior motive. And you know, there's some things that you can fake, like you can fake being depressed, you can fake transgenderism, you can fake those types of things, but you can't fake things like cancer, like a broken leg. Things that are actual physical diagnosis are much, much easier to, to look and say, hey, there's something terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. But a mental one is, is not as obvious and it can be faked. So because it can be faked, they've picked up uh, this gender dysphoria and they're using it now to corrupt people kind of in a recruiting manner in order to get people to say, this is normal, this is right. That's the sad thing. We yeah. have, we have, we had a, a thing in the United States particularly, it was very, very rare, but it was hermaphroditism and that was when a child was born the the cells the reproductive cells had been arrested or they had been interrupted or corrupted and you didn't have a child that was distinctly male or distinctly female the good thing was doctors look at that and they said hey wait whoa something's wrong there's a problem and they looked into the problem to find out why is this happening and guess what oh wow they found out they found the problem they realized women were being uh, given prescribed hormonal medications while they were pregnant and this had a devastating effect on the development of the reproductive cells of the baby Mm. so they stopped prescribing those drugs you can't get those if you are pregnant and her uh, uh, hermaphrodism has virtually been eliminated now because they found the problem. And, and the sad thing, the scary thing, when it comes to transgenderism, when it comes to gender dysphoria, we're no longer asking, 
What's the problem? What went wrong? Why is this happening? We're wanting to make it normal. Now it's, hey, in our fake righteousness, we have to be righteous. You have to love them. And if you don't, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're you're transphobic, and you have no place in our society. And that kind of angst towards people as you're pushing a branded agenda over the whole population, the Christian needs to understand that the Word of God is the authority that we need to stand on, which is why at the end of the day, their branding of all of these different things, and we'll pick it up again tomorrow, is against Judeo-Christian values and biblical authority. And it's putting the thumb right in the eye of God. At the end of the day, that's what this is really about. Using people who do truly suffer from something and using those people as a means of propagating this. It's really, truly sad. And so now that we've discussed it a little bit tomorrow, I want to talk more about really the physical detriment that this is causing uh, to human beings who not only suffer with this, but then are can also be recruited into this. It's it's not a good thing. All right. That, that's going to do it for us today. On behalf of my best friend and bride, Emily, my name is Chris. Get into the Word of God today and go and serve your King.